This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, Mr. Uh, Argumentative, (laughs) the debater. The stick to to your principles. I don't care about anyone, Nate Thurston. I I guess I could say that's accurate. (laughs) I wanted to point out at the beginning, I say Liberty-loving friends. Mm -hmm. We're all friends here. Regardless of the bickering <laughs> and, and, and regardless of the ridiculous stances you people have, yeah. <laughs> we're all liberty. <laughs> regardless of all that, we're all still friends. Yep. All still um, very good friends. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, then you have to go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. That's the only place where you're going to find all of this extra content, including the, the insane debates. <laughs> <laughs> that are going on. They're not insane. They're actually really, they're really, really good discussions. Nicole from the live group mentioned that we, uh, it would be really cool to have this discussion in person, um, like around a fire or like some kind of, you know, community thing that would be really cool. So I'm hoping Nate fest 2022 <laughs> is what I put in there. I'm hoping that that's really going to be uh, an amazing time. Last year's Nate fest was awesome. Or I guess this year we did, we had it this yeah. year. So was that a Nate fest technically? Apparently, according okay. to the live group. Well, let's have Nate Fest then. So, yeah, Nate Fest 2022. So hopefully that's good too. But this is Good Morning Liberty, a podcast where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning and vaccine mandates. <laughs> well, that's what we're actually starting. You know, uh, on a serious, an actual serious note, I I put in uh, my own notes that I had to talk about this. I'm sorry to bring it. I'm Why? sorry to bring it down. Why but so serious? Because it needs to be discussed at the beginning of the show, and this is an actual serious topic. So I'm going to bring it down really quickly. Down, way <laughs> down. Okay. That's sorry. a good gift. No, this is what Joe just <laughs> said. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, thanks, Joe. That's true. Let's all just laugh at my pain. That's good. <laughs> So good. Okay, no, on a on a very very serious oh, you're gonna topic. Be real, like this is actually no, this is actually serious. Okay, yeah, I know most of the time we're joking about everything, but mm. this one is actually not a joke. And right now, you're still trying to figure out is Nate joking about this? Probably still joking. No, I'm not. It's seri- actually serious. Okay, this is this. Yeah, is I'm telling you, I'm about to really bring it down. Okay, okay, here we go. Last night, I posted on our Twitter and our Facebook about someone in my family who was going through a really tough time. I have a cousin, 11 months old, who was just diagnosed with retinoblastoma, a tumor, a cancerous tumor uh, behind the eye that is going on. And his family is in a really tough time. His Mm -hmm. parents are in a really tough time. Um, Coal mining family, working family in Illinois. Coal mining family in Southern Illinois is not doing as well as they used to be doing, you know. But anyway, they need to be able to get a vehicle to drive back and forth to St. Jude's. Now, luckily, St. Jude's is going to be um, taking care of, I think, a lot of the treatment side of things. I told you this is going to be actually serious. Uh, So there is a GoFundMe set up, and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. And if anyone has a couple shekels to spare to put towards buying like a used vehicle that can drive back and forth. Uh, they're trying to raise like $5,000 or something like that to, to be able to do that. Cause right now, uh, like my mom gave them a ride to St. Louis yesterday, but she can't miss work every day or anything like that. So anyway, I will post a link to that in the show notes. 
<clears throat> I, uh, I apologize for bringing it down, but sometimes there's actual real stuff going on. And that's all I have to say about that. We really hope that everything goes okay. And um, we would uh, appreciate anything that anyone could do. Yeah, that's that's uh, really sad. And Joe, I think they will accept a shilling. Shillings are fine. Probably Bitcoin Bit- is okay. <laughs> yeah. Ethereum, I mean, that's, that's going up right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that would be fine to deposit some of those coins. No, but that's... Um, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, personal responsibility and believing in, in helping each other out and that the government shouldn't be here to take care of things like that. And so it's time to put your money where your mouth is. And so <laughs> if you yeah. were thinking about signing up for the live group this month, don't do it. Send that $5 over to um, Nate's family and any little bit helps. I, I wonder if there's a possibility of getting them some type of, of apartment or something there. In St. Louis, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know what the situation is for how long they have to be up there or anything, but um, yeah, I just know that I got the link to the GoFundMe last night and posted it out, and um, yeah, like uh, Charlie just said, if you're thinking about signing up, uh, go make a donation on there instead, and that would that would be great. We appreciate it. Okay. We got to take a break and talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness, something preventing you from achieving your goals? I've gone through this before. Charlie's gone through this before. He uses BetterHelp himself. I've gone and talked to counselors before. Sometimes maybe you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. Maybe there's a different perspective that you need to look out for. Taking care of your mental health is something that is very important and it's also very possible. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You're going to connect in a safe and private online environment, so much more convenient than fighting traffic, going into the office somewhere. You just get on the app and talk to someone. You can start talking to them in under 24 hours. This is not some self-help app. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to go to that freaking waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to giving you great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. If they match you up with someone and you don't like them, you can switch over to someone else. It's more affordable than actually going into the office because you're just doing it over an app. And this is available worldwide. You got expertise in so many different areas. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family, grief, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. This is very convenient. It's professional. It's affordable because you're doing it through an app instead of going into the office. You can go to the website and check out the testimonials. And by the way, this is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a reason for that because a lot of people are using this app to get help. If you want to start living a happier life today as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com gml. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Okay, to uh, a less somber conversation. Now we see how serious these things really are. You know, they're not quite as serious as what individual people could be going through on a daily basis. But something... Isn't it just horrible, though, when kids get cancer? I know. It's... Yeah, it's you know, because the they, they clearly haven't done anything to deserve it. Yeah. 
You know, when adults get cancer, you could debate. <laughs> you know, how'd you live your life? Yeah. Do you deserve yeah. this? Are mm-hmm. you are you a POS? It's never the the POSs that get cancer, though. Usually, In my experience, that's the case yeah. too. No one deserves cancer. That was, that was I was trying to joke. Okay. Yeah. Um, but especially when kids get cancer, man, it's so heartbreaking. At eleven months old, clearly hasn't done anything at all to deserve cancer. No one has, but an eleven month old baby that's that's super sad. Um, so Joe, I will figure I th- out and hit you up about that in a bit. I'll figure that out. Sorry. I think, yeah. uh, I don't know if I can do the show now. Yeah. It's uh, let's lighten it up a little bit. Okay. Vaccine mandates, the white house vaccine rule to require companies and workers to comply by January 4th. Wouldn't it be hilarious if it was Jan 6th? <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't pick January 6th. Honestly. That would be That's, the best. I, I, I don't, that seems like a missed opportunity to it, me ah, on their part. Does. Yeah. Companies with more than 100 employees will now be mandated to require coronavirus vaccinations for their workers or do regular testing by January 4th under the terms of a new federal rule that would be released Friday by the Biden administration after weeks of deliberation. Senior government officials said it would not. So re- companies it, that have 99 employees, they can't spread the virus. Totally fine. Nothing bad happening there. No. Yeah, and yes. they also can't hire anyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Then it gets really dangerous yeah. for them to do that. I just, yeah. It, and, well, we'll yeah, hear in this. It would require weekly testing and mandatory face masking for workers who choose not to get vaccinated. It also specifies that employers must provide paid time for workers to get vaccinated or to recover from any side effects. So, so the, you know those side effects are going to be through the roof a lot of side effects <laughs> after this yeah the weeks long of side effects happening here but um they're requiring that the employers do it and also that the employers pay for people that are recovering from the side effects if i would ever make an argument for the government to have a responsibility which i realize the government can't have a responsibility because it's just us is is what that is but um if they were to ever have a responsibility it would be to cover those people that are recovering from side effects that would not have otherwise gotten the vaccine Mm -hmm. at that time. Anyway, something critics have been asking for months, but companies are able to require employees to foot the bill for the test. So you got to pay for your own test every week. They can require the employees Mm -hmm. to foot the bill. And uh, this is going to cause some issues in the workforce as well. Uh, If you choose to not get vaccinated, you're either going to have to pay for what those tests are. I don't know which ones they're going to accept or anything. I mean, you can get a $20 kit at Walmart that has two tests in it. And so I guess you pay 40 bucks a month for your testing. I don't know if they would accept that or not. Uh, So it's not like the most expensive thing in the entire world, but that is going to be a new tax on people who do not want to get vaccinated. Or if the companies are going to cover it, (coughs) then that is a disincentive for them to hire people who are not vaccinated Mm -hmm. if they're going to be covering those tests. So that is that is unfortunate. We do not agree with this. This is wrong. Also, if they're forcing companies to pay for time off, is there any type of, uh, you know, somebody mentioned uh, myocarditis. If it ever comes out that this vaccine is causing so many issues, who's responsible for that? No one. Who would be responsible for that? I mean, that is a question to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who who's, if you're being mandated by the government to take something and then there's consequences from that. Who's responsible for those bills? 
question. If one out of every 100,000 people who take the vaccine were to die from it, that's probably less than that, whatever. One out of a million. Let's just say it's one out of a million are going to die from it. Can the government mandate that people take it when they know that out of the million people, someone's going to die? Are they responsible for that death? That's what I want to know. Can you mandate something to millions of people when you know that some of them could, I'm not saying the vaccines are dangerous. I'm saying statistics happen. You know, it does happen. People have some kind of bad reaction. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a super dangerous thing, but I just wonder if a government can mandate something that can kill you potentially mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's a hard, I'm not saying there's a high chance of it I'm saying, can you mandate something that could kill someone? The I mean, answer is no, no, they do it all the time though with, uh, with all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I mean, just said they have the draft. Um, we, so we, we have that, um, taxes kill people. So we still, uh, <laughs> we still have that. Uh, but anyway, they keep life-saving drugs off the market. So I guess they're, it's kind of in line with things that they normally do. I'm just wondering philosophically what that means and what Charlie was saying. Who's got the responsibility if that does happen? Well, it's, you know, sacrifice the few to save the many. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's worth those lives being lost. Those, those are heroes. And, and, you know, again, I'm completely against government mandating vaccines. Ah, here we go. I am. I'm also against companies mandating vaccines. I'm against both of them. I think, I think, you know, the government and the companies that comply with this are, um, uh, are wrong. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wrong. Um, so companies say they'll have until January 4th to have all staff either fully vaccinated or implementing the testing requirements, pushing the deadline beyond the holiday season because they have concerns about labor shortages. Now, isn't that interesting, by the way? That's weird. Isn't that so interesting that they move the deadline, uh, to January 4 because of all of the labor shortages and because a lot of companies hire extra people during the holiday season Mm because it gets really busy. So you have a lot of part-time staff that comes on board or short-term workers. Um, and they need those people. They need to increase the, the company that has 99 employees needs to go to 150 to make it through Christmas. Yeah. So then they can go back down to 99 by January 4th. Uh, coronavirus vaccines. This is from Washington post have uh, proved successful at preventing infection kind of, and I mean, they have statistically less chance if you're vaccinated than if you are not, if you were the rub COVID all over your mouth, uh, then if you're vaccinated, maybe you have a lower chance. Okay, that is that is a thing, and they have decreased the deaths also. The other weird thing about this is imagine you're at a workplace, and I know this won't be really hard for people to imagine because some of you are already uh, potentially going through this. We know that a vaccinated person who has COVID can carry the exact same viral load uh, as someone who isn't vaccinated. Now, is it a lower likelihood that they would be carrying it? Yeah. But if they are vaccinated and they have COVID, then technically they would be as dangerous to the other vaccinated people as the unvaccinated person. Mm-hmm. So what I'm wondering is, why wouldn't you also, if you're g- going to require things, require that vaccinated people test also every week? You're acting as if if you are, because what you're trying to do is save the vaccinated people from getting sick from the unvaccinated people. I know that that's a weird concept, but it's 2021 and that's what we have to do now. The vaccinated people have to be protected from the people that could potentially be carrying this, even though they are vaccinated. Uh, But 
Also, people who are vaccinated could be carrying the same amount of COVID and they could be in the same room and be totally fine and not have to take any tests or do anything like that. And you're saying that the vaccinated person who doesn't have COVID is at risk of getting COVID still, right? So it seems like this doesn't have a lot to do with the science or keeping people safe. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a weird thing to me. It uh, seems to have a lot more to do with, I'm reading Jeff's comment right now. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's not about safety. That's not, that's not what this is it's about. It's about control. It is about control. It is. Companies that don't comply could face the potential of $13,000 fines per violation or $136,000 per willful violation. Jesus. Uh, $136,000 per willful violation, potentially adding hundreds of thousands of dollars or more in fines for companies that are found to be well outside of the rules. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a lot. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have the rule, the vaccine mandate for workers at facilities that participate in Medicaid or Medicare. So this uh, doesn't doesn't matter how many employees you have at this facility. If you accept Medicaid or Medicare, meaning if if you want to participate in the healthcare system and have a really big company, not that you can't. There are companies that don't do Medicaid or Medicare. I, I realize that. But um, for most people, they're going to accept Medicaid and Medicare. And if you do accept that, then you're going to have to do it as as well. Officials from OSHA and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services told reporters that the new rules preempt any state or local laws that seek to ban or limit employer authority for vaccination, masks, and testing, like the ones that Republicans in Texas passed recently. They said they plan to take action if states that have their own state occupational health plans, which are required to be at least as stringent as the federal rules, do not comply with the federal plan. So, so this could be a really interesting thing that takes place here. We are going to figure we out. Are actually going to find out if states have the gall to stand up to the federal government? I think some of them will. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, we are going to figure out what the current interpretation of the supremacy clause is, is what we're going to figure out from this. Mm-hmm. And so that that's going to be um, interesting. We're going to figure out what the current Supreme Court thinks about that. Because, you know, Florida and Texas, you know, I think definitely Florida mm-hmm. is, is going to be against this. Oh, yeah. Well, and Florida already banned the, the, the mandates. And so did Texas. I think Florida did it, too. Uh, so they definitely banned the vaccine passport. Mm-hmm. I, don't know I think they, they also banned the mandates like last week. I'm not sure. Uh, someone can mm-hmm. fact check me on that. Um, anyway, uh, I think we talked about this just yesterday. The issue here is OSHA. Um, I don't remember when you asked me what the problem was. Maybe maybe on Tuesday, you asked like, oh, you know, why is this happening? What's the problem here? And the problem is that we allowed OSHA to exist in the first place. We allowed the federal government to have purview over darn near everything. Actually, it is over everything, and. A lot of people have been okay with that for a really long time. And this is always, this is the chickens coming home to the field and, right and now. And when you talk about dismantling Medicare and Medicaid, oh, you yeah. know, don't take away my benefits. Mm-hmm. I paid for those. Mm-hmm. I earned those. And so this is, but the problem is, is that <laughs> there's always, and this is why it's literally mafia. There's always something attached to it, Right. You know, those, yeah. you know the old saying, 
<clears throat> if it's too good to be true, then it probably is. I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly how all of these government programs work. There's always strings attached yeah. at the tampon 500. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, the fact that they're using OSHA to implement this, that just goes to show you how powerful these, uh, these unconstitutional executive agencies are fill, filled with people that we don't vote for that can stay in there for their entire lives if they want to. Uh, through administration after administration, and they just get to do whatever they want. And they get to write law mm-hmm. without they, without any they, consequences. They are writing law. I don't know how it's different. I know that you can say, well, the an executive action like this uh, or a regulation is not a law legally. I know that. But essentially what they're doing is writing law without the people voting on it. And if they actually wanted to see what people thought, they could have Congress vote on whether or not the federal government was going to require this. They could they could do that. They could have the actual somewhat representatives of the people vote on this. And that would at least be one step better. They could go over that and we would see a little bit closer to what the uh, the people actually want. But in this case, uh, that's just that's just not what we're getting. And we're not. And I'm against this. Well, and there's a reason why you see all of the Congress men and women and, and senators that are arguing that have come out and said, we read the article the other day. Well, you know, the Biden administration could do this with the stroke of a pen mm-hmm. with the flick of a pen with the <clears throat> whatever. He could just imagine it <laughs> because they don't want to actually be on record voting for something like this because they know they know half the country completely despises them and they wouldn't be able to keep their office. That's exactly why. Yeah, And you're seeing that play out election on Tuesday. Uh, the New Jersey governor, by the way, officially Republican. Uh, I don't think so. I thought that was called. Mm, I think it was called for the Democrat, but maybe not. Really? Uh, I, I don't know. I Is it true? That up. I could have swore I just saw something called. Yeah, it was called for the Democrat, man. Oh, wow. Jeez. Who are you getting your news from? I Then I completely got it wrong. Yeah. I, I will admit right here when I am wrong. I told you those uh, late mail-in ballots were going to come in and <laughs> swing it the other way. It's a rare occurrence. But uh, when I'm wrong, I, mm-hmm. I will admit, I'll admit it right away. Yeah. So you're saying that you're not correct on this one. It's not correct okay. on that. That was easily <laughs> fact-checked. All right, let's move on to the next one. Don't worry, we'll still get to talk about vaccines. All right, this is from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. Aaron Rodgers test positive for COVID-19, misled NFL world about vaccination status. I watched part of this. <laughs> Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers will miss Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs due to testing positive for COVID on Wednesday. And while that should be the story of the day, the Packers have won seven straight games. Uh, his COVID-19 vaccination status has become the main topic of conversation. By the simple fact that Rodgers will miss Sunday's game, we learn that he is in fact unvaccinated. NFL players that refuse the jab are subject to a mandatory 10-day quarantine, differing from vaccinated players that can return as soon as they test negative twice in a 24-hour period. They also must be asymptomatic. Now, what? I don't. I guess I don't get completely why that means he is unvaccinated because he could just be sick. You know, I don't know. They could just be preparing for him not being there. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he, he might. Yeah, I, I just I don't know what his status is. I just feel like that's not a like definitive answer. Yeah. You know, it's not. Anyway. Anyway. Rogers, who recently spoke out against cancel culture, was asked by a reporter in August whether or not he was vaccinated. 
He said, quote, yeah, I've been immunized. He replied, quote, you know, there's a lot of technically not wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of conversation around it, around the league and a lot of guys who have made statements and not made statements. Owners who have made statements, Roger said at the time, there's guys on the team that have been vaccinated. I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. There are guys that have been vaccinated that have contracted COVID. It's an interesting issue that I think we're going to see played out the entire season. So it just sounds like he's being a normal guy. <laughs> NFL rules require unvaccinated players to wear a mask at all times when at the facility. According to ESPN, Rogers has worn a mask while around players and coaches. He has not worn a mask, however, while conducting his weekly press conference or after games, which has also take place at the Packers facility. The NFL is reviewing the matter and the league does have the ability to fine Rogers for the COVID-19 infractions. <laughs> infractions. <laughs> Quote, the primary responsibility for enforcement of the COVID-19 protocols within club facilities rest with each club. Failure to properly enforce the protocols that has resulted in discipline being assessed against individual clubs in the past. The league is aware of the current situation in Green Bay and will be reviewing the matter with the Packers. We don't have to go any any further into it, but basically he's a bad he's a bad guy. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah, really. I saw one, you know, he's not a he's obviously all he's proven is that he's not a team player. You know, he doesn't doesn't care about that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care about the safety of his team. Doesn't care all. about anyone else but himself. Yeah. And it's just there's also this weird thing going on that well, th- there's this assumption that like if he would have been vaccinated, he wouldn't have gotten COVID. Also, which is not a clear cut, decisive thing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's all another weird assumption that people are making. As though, oh, well, he's got COVID, so I guess he's unvaccinated. So that's not the case. You can still get a breakthrough infection. In fact, the uh, White House press secretary had a breakthrough infection just recently. So we didn't have to listen to her for a few days. You know, so I'm not saying that breakthrough infections are a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had a a joke. I had a breakthrough infection. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So anyway. That is that story right there. Let's move on to uh, one or two other things. I do. Somebody asked the question, does the NFL fall under the OSHA rules? I think they do. Now, your players um, and the coaches and stuff, those are all independent contractors that mm. is on contracts. I don't think they're actually employees. They could be. Um, but the NFL, obviously, and the teams have several employee actual employees in an interesting conversation is um is hiring independent contractors a way to get away from the covid vaccine mandates i don't know hmm it's possible it's probably why they want to pass that uh pro act too so it's not a way to get around it also counts if they're independent contractors no i don't know i don't know which one I don't know which one it is. I was just wondering. Sometimes that's something that companies will do. So I don't know if we were going to see a rise of uh, more independent contracting from people. And then, of course, the government wanting to come in and stop the independent contracting. Yeah. So because it's harder for them to control that. Uh, From Reason right here, shifting gears just a little bit. All this story is right now is just another reminder that it's all fake. It's just all fake. The The Democrats are out there selling this hatred for the rich, this hatred for the people who have more than other people. And look at the new Build Back Better plan. From reason, a tax break for the rich could end up being the largest part of the Build Back Better plan. <laughs> That's... 
Oh, the plan was pitched as a once-in-a-generation rebalancing of America's socioeconomic scales. Democrats were giving the going to tax the rich and use the proceeds to fund the massive expansion of government benefits. Now the package appears likely to deliver an overall tax cut for America's wealthiest citizens. The way that they're going to be doing this is to repeal the cap on the SALT deduction. So when you live in a state that has these high state taxes, you can deduct your state taxes from your federal taxes so you don't get... Which I think you should be able to do. I'm, that is an expense that you had to pay, so I don't know how the federal government should be able to tax you. Could just leave it right there, but I could finish up and say, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how the federal government should be able to tax you on on a amount of money that is larger than you were actually going to be able to bring it's home. already taxed. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so they're going to do all this tax stuff because they want to tax the rich, but also they're going to raise the cap on this or repeal the cap on it. So the rich people can fully deduct their state taxes, which is something people have been very upset about in places like California and New York and New Jersey and all the other high tax states. Uh, they say there's no way around it. Removing the salt cap is a huge tax break for a small number of very wealthy Americans. According to the Tax Policy Center, only about 9% of households will see any benefit from repealing the cap. The wealthiest 1%, this is the first time the Democrats have ever been no cap. <laughs> <laughs> the wealthiest 1% of American households will receive 56% of the benefits. Mm. Now, listen, mm-hmm. I'm not complaining about this. No, I think this okay? is great. As many tax deductions as we can figure out for everyone, mm-hmm. okay? Equality of getting away from taxation for all. Uh, but I am against people being super hip- hypocritical about things. And they're going to still continue to preach and rile up their base about how they're going to tax the rich and this is unfair and all that, while also offering this uh, really substantial tax break, which over a five-year period isn't it interesting that we're talking about the five-year period cost for this? That's weird because <laughs> if might you as did, well make it ten. If you did ten years, it would almost equal the Trump tax breaks for the for the wealthy. <laughs> so we got to talk about the five-year co- cost of roughly four hundred and seventy-five billion dollars that, that this would cost. Now, I do not agree with the usage of the word cost in that statement i don't i actually don't agree with this whole article well they're they're they are also making the point that they're preaching one thing and then doing another Mm -hmm. that is that's the point that reason is making and in this quote where it says it would cost roughly 475 billion that is not uh reason saying that either they're quoting the committee for a responsible federal budget in that quote right there but i don't think that stealing less money from people is a cost that you incur that's just means that you stole less money yeah that's, that's i, I really don't agree with this with the paragraph on the bottom here oh okay there's nothing this is like corporate it's like the corporate welfare argument the one that starts with there's nothing inherently wrong yes there's nothing inherently wrong with cutting taxes of course and the wealthy already pay a disproportionately large share to the federal government but the salt deduction is problematic on the on libertarian grounds so let me get my real libertarian hat out real quick <laughs> and see if they're right the SALT deduction is problematic on libertarian grounds because how much you pay to your state government should not affect how much you owe to the federal government. Well, 
Read the whole thing. Wealthy residents of California or New York who want to pay less in taxes should move to a lower tax state or vote for politicians who will cut taxes, not have their tax bills subsidized by residents (laughs) of other places. God. Their tax... Wait. Their tax bills are being subsidized by Mm -hmm. taking deductions and paying in less taxes. Because... Because you owe the money, you owe that money to the government. The government has own, a fixed amount, and they own the money. They own the money, so yeah. they're, they're going to have to extract, you know, the four trillion dollars a year. And so, if wealthy people are getting a deduction on their taxes, well, then the, everyone else has to pay that four trillion. Yeah, I don't think that this, this is this this is such backwards thinking and completely opposite of libertarian philosophy. As Mr. and I and I, this makes me so angry that we have libertarians writing arguments that this is wrong on libertarian grounds in a completely non-libertarian way of arguing. Because they're starting from the wrong premises, which is that the government has first rights to all the money. Exactly. And that if... So it's not a subsidy. And that if there is a tax cut, that must be paid by someone else, which is the assumption that all of the expenses the government has are just a given and that there's no way we could fix the expenses side and not the theft side. At the same time. So, yeah, I would say, as Miss Rand would say, uh, they need to check their premises on on this one. They are mm-hmm. wrong. I don't see anything inherently wrong with the SALT deduction. If you think about what the income tax is supposed to be, you're supposed to be taxing. Now, you allow for other deductions. Why do you allow for those deductions? Because they're supposed to be taking a percentage of the money that you would otherwise have brought home at that time. You would have taken that money home, and they're going to take a percentage of it. Uh, because tyranny and all that. So, yeah. or the children, of course. So that is what the tax is supposed to be. And so it, by allowing the salt deduction, that is what you're doing because when the state government takes the taxes away from you, you're not taking that money home. Uh, that, that would mean that the federal government should be pulling from a smaller dollar figure, in my humble opinion. Now, if I'm wrong on this, you're living in some kind of fantasy land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, Amanda says, I don't think they're presupposing first rights. Uh, you know, they did say, the one thing they said was it's problematic, but they did say on libertarian grounds, and how much you pay your state government should not affect how much you owe the federal government. I don't agree with that. I don't, uh, because they're, the taxes are supposed to be a percentage of what you're bringing home. Now, since they're state and federal taxes, those two numbers would just keep canceling each other out because they would they would keep just having a smaller piece of the pie. And so you'd have to decide which one of them has the first rights. Is it the state but, tax that comes yeah. out, and then and then the federal, or is it the federal and then the state? Get, well, and she's saying, I, I get in reality that there is a fixed amount that the government's going to take. Well, not there actually isn't. It's always a percentage. It, and in fact, it remains pretty consistent. It's about 18% of GDP. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a fixed amount that the government will always get. Um, that does fluctuate and has fluctuated uh, every year. But at the same time, that you're using the wrong... You're, you're changing the language by using subsidized. That's what I have a problem with because what you're saying is you're, you're removing yourself by changing the language to subsidize. You're removing yourself from the fact that it's theft to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're, you're manipulating your audience into believing 
that everyone else is going to, their taxes are going to be higher to subsidize wealthy people. And that's simply not true. You're it's, right. It's, the, that is the word. That is the, that is the word. Yeah. In that whole Cause thing you're is, reframing, is you're reframing the whole thing and you're using language to manipulate and it's wrong. When you are saying subsidize, you are saying that, that whatever the federal government's going to spend is a given that uh, whatever the people don't pay, the rich people don't pay towards that. If other people's money ends up covering that somehow, that that is somehow subsidizing uh, their winnings by being able to take deductions on things. When we're really just talking about the cap, by the way, because even those other people that are subsidizing are going to be taking uh, those state deductions too off of their taxes. They're still going to take the state deductions. We're just arguing over whether or not there should be a, a dollar amount cap on it which it completely removes the principle from the equation mm-hmm. because this is just about the actual cap on the deduction. And by still having the deduction, everyone is saying that you should be able to deduct your state taxes from the, from the federal taxes. They're just arguing that once it gets over a certain amount, you shouldn't be able to do that anymore. Well, and what this actually is about is hypocrisy. Yeah. Because yeah. Democrats come out and say, oh, we're going to tax the rich. We're going to tax on capital, unrealized gains because all of our constituents are calling us and being like, well, how does Musk have billions of dollars? And I can't even feel, I can't even feed my children, <laughs> um, you know? And, and so they're coming out and saying all these things, but then look at what they actually pass. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the, like they do things to benefit themselves. It's not hard to follow the paper trail and realize that they say something over here over here sorry get this on camera they say something over here and they do something completely different over here actually yeah let me hide this hand it's like a magic trick yeah it's like what hey this is what i'm saying and then look you can't see my other hand because it's that's good that's what's happening that's a good representation um i agree with something uh, joe said earlier i just think it's important we point that out when that happens honestly i don't think there should be any federal taxes the federal government should get their funds from the states i also um, agree with that i think that people if there's going to be states now i haven't worked out that idea completely in my mind if we were going to have a taxation system so we're working within that framework right there i do believe it would be collected by the states and then the federal government would collect from the states after that and there should not be those two separate things happening because then not states getting money from the federal government that also gives the federal government control Mm -hmm. over all of those individuals and all those corporations and all of those people outside of the rights that the states should have as sovereign nations so yeah look at that and the irs could be 50 people one for each state that's good that's uh, hey i'm on that train i like it i want to go further than that but i would take that Uh, do we have time for the next yeah we're running out of time but let's cover this last one and so this is uh this is getting very interesting, folks. This is from Brad, by the way. Yeah, this is uh, thanks, Brad Palumbo at Fee, um, for writing this article that we're going to talk about. Um, these types of things are getting very interesting around the world. And I think we should pay attention to them uh, because uh, won't be long till it makes it over here. Okay, so the UK is considering legislation that would imprison internet trolls. So when we talk about against all the rhetoric that happens, mainly on the woke left. Um, this is the kind of problems that we're looking out for. Okay. Because these are, these are the types of things that actually, um, well, all of, all of the things strip away your freedom, but these are, these are the types of things that would literally, um, enslave people again. Imagine that if no one could talk about all these disagreements that we have with the vaccine mandates and everything, if it were only one allowed opinion that were out there, you know, like you mm-hmm. were in China or North Korea or something like that, 
how would you have a movement against what the government was trying to do if no one was allowed to talk and get information out there to other people? Um, it's very, very dangerous for the government to be able to control speech. Yeah. And what I think is important, you know, we've been having a debate on vaccine mandates inside our live group for weeks now. And, you know, I, I don't think we've actually solved the problem, but I, what I was telling Nate before the show was like that discussion's so good because even though some of us disagree with each other, we're getting other ideas out there. What mm -hmm. it does is make you think, okay, when you disagree with somebody and you have a conversation that makes you think about things from a different angle. It makes you at least have a thought and you may end that discussion and still disagree. That's okay. But I guarantee because of that discussion, you've thought about other things you haven't thought about. For instance, when Nate said taxation is theft, that's is always theft. That makes you think about it from a different angle where you're like, oh my God, could I be wrong? Whatever. You walk through it in your mind. You, you, you abstract the ideas out. You play them to their logical conclusions. And at the end of the day, you, st you still may disagree, but that disagreement is what sparks all of that thought. It's, it's what people th that have ideas that you would never think of, that, that they tell you those ideas and that sparks something else in your mind and you come up with an idea and all these different types of things. This is why speech is so important and, and why I think, you know, they put it first mm -hmm. because, and this is something I think Jordan Peterson does a really good job of talking about because this is what he, this is what made him famous when, when Canada came out with their um, bill C-16 that legislated uh, speech. Uh, that's what made him so famous. And he does a really good job of talking about this is because the, the truth of the matter is, is we'll never have a perfect world. So what's the solution to that problem? Because that's a big problem, right? That's what he would say. It's a big problem. Um, well, the solution to that is freedom of speech. It's going back and forth. It's discussing ideas. It's being able to uh, discuss things that you disagree with so that new ideas can be sparked and you constantly have this movement. It's not a, there's not a straight line. It's a movement back and forth on how we should conduct things in the world. And so this type of thing is very dangerous and, and it's what leads to God, some of the worst atrocities in human history. So let's, let's get through this real quick. Uh, at question is pending legislation called the online safety bill, which ostensibly pushes social media companies that allow harassment. Yet it may be expanded to include new criminal penalties for individuals who engage in mean speech online. <laughs> mean guys. Now, I'm not saying you should be mean, but come on. Quote, trolls could face two years in prison for sending messages or posting content that causes psychological harm under legislation targeting online hate. God. The Times of London reports. What a subjective, insanely mm. slippery slope this is. I have been caused tremendous psychological harm mm -hmm. by, <laughs> by uh, Dan Price. <laughs> You could or Bernie Sanders. <laughs> you could put your political opponents in jail for this, by the way. Uh, so listen to this. The UK has this. I didn't know this. The Department for Culture, Media, and Sport. <laughs> it's one of their departments. Has accepted DCMS for short. Yeah, DCMS. <laughs> has accepted recommendations from the Law Commission for Crimes to be based on likely psychological harm. The proposed law change will shift the focus on the harmful effect of a message rather than if it contains indecent or grossly offensive content, which is the present basis for assessing its criminality. So hold on. That's not even about like calling someone a bad name or saying some type of hateful or offense, offensive language. 
they're going to they're going to judge it based on the potential harmful effect of the message. Yeah. What the f? Like, let's go, Brandon. It's very oh, harmful. This is what's at stake here. This is let's a, go, Brandon. Let's let's go, Brandon. Yeah. It's totally at stake. Um, other offenses will reportedly be created for knowingly false communication, much like the <laughs> much like the uh, coronavirus was a lab leak that was knowingly false. By the way, for months, knowingly false. Or like saying that this bill is going to cost zero dollars. Yeah, <laughs> something like that, yeah. or a million other things. Applying to those who send or post a message they know to be false with the intention to cause emotional, psychological, or physical harm to the likely audience. The new offenses will also include punishment for social media pylons where groups gang up and are rude to people online. They're going to outlaw ratioing someone? (laughs) (sighs) Culture Secretary Nadine Doris. (laughs) I'm the Secretary of Culture is reportedly planning on adding these provisions to the online safety bill when it's introduced in Parliament next month. Ideas like allowing women to vote, ending racial segregation, and legalizing same-sex marriage were all once considered harmful by many. If subjectively harmful or disruptive speech is stifled, progress is drastically held back. Moreover, the government pushing knowingly false speech is deeply disturbing. Firstly, or punishing firstly it's not a black and white matter to actually determine what is true and what is false there are a million shades of gray and robust at least 50 shades but there are a million shades of gray and robust debates over factual reality across countless subjects no one who values freedom should want a government ministry of truth determining what speech is false and punishing those who spread it you know it used to be i like the the 1984 reference right there it's good Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be the scientific consensus that when you got sick, um, they would they would uh, they would bleed you. They would do bloodletting. Yeah, yeah, which actually caused you to be more sick. (laughs) By the way, (laughs) yeah. So those are the types of things. It's absolutely insane that this is even a discussion, and this is why we speak out against the left mainly because it's it's much harder to to tell where their tyranny lies. But it's in these types of things. So this cancel culture, these LGBTQ plus laws, all these th- all these things that people are trying to enact. This is the dangerous slippery slope. Mm. And I apologize, I have to run. So Nate, yeah, we're going to get out of here. I know Charlie's got a hard stop today, and it was my fault that we were late for being a su- such a nice and talkative guy that someone wanted to. Uh, to, to hang out and talk with us for a little bit. It was a really good conversation. If you're in the live group, you know what we're talking about. But anyway, um, you guys remember uh, the thing about the GoFundMe at the beginning of the episode? Just wanted to remind you again, that's going to be in the show notes today. So if you can, totally fine. If you can't, then uh, then sharing it is a great thing. You can go to either one of our pages and hit the share button if you, uh, if you can't give anything. A lot of people are in hard times right now, so it's not like you're a bad person or anything if you uh, can't give any money, but uh, we could all give a share on social media. That would, uh, that would be worth it as well. So tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children, tell your uncle, Uh, to go share that GoFundMe link that we have, okay? And we will be right back here again tomorrow for Dumb Bleep of the Week. I think we have about 25 options right now that we have to try and choose. We got to try and choose between, so that's going to be tough, but we'll, we'll do it. We will suffer through the Dumb Bleeps 
If you do all the things I just mentioned, we'll talk to you soon. Till then, have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.